Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode's music is a piece that you're really either going to love or hate. And I've no idea which it'll be. Anton Bruckner is perhaps the most Marmite of composers. People tend to either love or hate his music. An old friend and colleague of mine disdainfully declared, life's too short for Bruckner, when she asked what concert I was going to one night. To be fair to Jess, she had worked often with an aged and esteemed conductor and Bruckner specialist who had got it into his head that she was trying to kill him because he felt the studios were always too cold and somehow this was in her power. So it may have been that her views were coloured by the experience. I, on the other hand, love Bruckner. I wonder which camp you'll be in. Do please tell me with a comment on the website cacophonyonline.com or an email to steve at cacophonyonline.com So I say life is short, better get some Bruckner in there as soon as possible. Anton Bruckner's symphonies are pretty much works about struggle and God and searching for meaning. And in each, Bruckner finds an answer, at least for a few moments, that gives us a few precious minutes of radiance, overwhelm, bliss. And the great thing is, that feeling hangs around after the music's finished. We're going to listen to the final movement of his third, perhaps his first, great symphony. Bruckner was an organist, and he uses the orchestra like it's an organ. On an organ, if you want to change the sound, you pull out a stop, which diverts the air to hold sets of pipes with different sound qualities. You switch from entirely different sound worlds at the literal push of a button. Bruckner often treats the orchestra like separate blocks of strings, winds and brass or other combinations. You'll get a passage for one group alternating suddenly sometimes violently, with very different music from another group. So the music's full of gear changes between majesty and reflection, certainty and search, and so on. Different emotional worlds, as well as just sound worlds. His symphonies are long, most at least an hour. Bruckner was a big fan of Richard Wagner, whose operas certainly take their time, and which have a sense of inevitable unfolding about them. Bruckner doesn't always sound so inevitable. The way he writes in these different blocks, and the fact that he often uses obscure harmonies, mysterious chords, makes me think his music could go in many different directions. I think this is where I get the idea that he's searching, looking for truth. And glimpses come. They shine like bright sunshine and gaps through the clouds. As well as being an organist and a devout Catholic, Bruckner was Austrian, and the two metaphors that everyone reaches for when talking about his music are based on mountains, climbing to reach the heights, and building cathedrals of sound. They're good metaphors. This is music that's only partly about the final destination. It's also about sitting back and admiring the details. A little brook or a delicate flower on that walk up the mountain, a tiny carved angel in the cathedral before you get overpowered by the sheer glory of the view from the top, or the high vaulted ceilings and sun pouring through stained glass windows lighting up the dusty church interior. 
dropping the metaphors, these great climaxes are moments to relish the glory of sound and the miracles of creativity, of nature, of humanity, of existence. Bruckner doesn't really sound quite like anything else. There are trademark things that you hear in most of his symphonies, chorale-like church writing, often a bed of gently shimmering strings, actually not so much in this piece, and massive chunks of brass. The opening of this movement is thrilling. It's like suddenly being confronted with an approaching car on your side of the road, only in a good way. Sometimes I find myself singing this agitated string riff for no reason. Which is a bit strange behaviour, really. But the music's episodic, and just as you're getting into this, he cuts to this sophisticated yet folksy Viennese waltz, worthy almost of Mozart. Often the greatest moments in Bruckner are much shorter than we'd like, but happily, there's always another great bit coming up. I said that Bruckner's music doesn't feel inevitable, but actually, come the end, it always does. In the third symphony, 50 minutes before, the piece began with this mysterious little trumpet solo. And when that comes back in the whole orchestra at the end, you can tell that it's time to bask and time to wonder. So let's click on the links in the show notes and have a listen to the last movement of Bruckner's Third Symphony. And then I really want to know what you think of this. And I'm a bit scared because Bruckner seems so inexplicably divisive. This for me is a bit like watching your favourite but slightly obscure film with your new girlfriend or boyfriend. I love this music, and I really want you to love it too. So let me know. Is it hands up from Albrookner, or the big thumbs down? Facebook, Twitter, and the comments at cacophonyonline.com are all there for you. Please use them. You can support Cacophony by clicking on the link and buying me a coffee, but really the best thing you can do is to subscribe and keep listening, and to tell other people. Share this episode, share the trailer. There are links in the notes for that too. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.